I'm privileged to introduce uh, someone who I, I really enjoy speaking with on so many different things. One of the, the great conversations that I've had with Adrian over the years have ranged from uh, papal encyclicals, no I'm not kidding, <laughs> uh, to, to how, how, how good is the food at Nobu. So, the <laughs> Uh, in Las Vegas. So that, that's the kind of the wide ranging conversations, oftentimes almost at the same time and back and forth and flipping on them. So without further ado, one of the great brilliant minds in, in the accounting profession today, Adrian Simmons. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> Appreciate it. And pleasure to be here. I think this is on. Yep. Um, so I've obviously only got a few minutes and I guess you're setting a timer for me, right? I'm, I'm setting it. No, you great, have, you have 12. You got 12. So uh, there's two concepts I just wanted to share that in the practice, as we've all mentioned, as you do value pricing, it's something you never quite fully perfect. And so there's little tips, little tricks, little nuances. So we first moved to value pricing in uh, 2011 and went through that conversion. And it, it did it take a, a couple of years to sort of see it through. Um, but since then, you know, you just start to put a little bit more icing on the cake and get better at it. So one of the things I wanted to share, one of the two concepts I want to share is variations on the nine buck. So some of you may remember if you've uh, read the implementing value pricing, which I'm hoping most of you have, is uh, Neinbach is a, um, the person who developed the obscure Austrian economist who developed the uh, 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 sort of way of pricing options. So there's uh, you know, option A, B, C, as we're all used to seeing. You have your pump fist price, your hope for price, your walk away or reserve price at the bottom. And by running through this analysis, you can sort of price out any types of projects that you're doing together uh, for your customers. So um, that's the original by uh, Baron Joseph von Neinbach, of course. Um, one variation that I do sometimes when I am pricing out projects is to add another row of boxes on the top, which is, to, and I call this the 12 box, of course. So um, that top row, I actually like to put the value number, or at least an idea of value number, because that's what I'm trying to sort of peg against. So I'll just go ahead and put that number in there is what I started to do in our own pricing. So I call that uh, the 12 buck. There's one variation there. But the other thing you do is after we've set folks up in their value, what we call a value agreement, the fixed price agreement, once we set people up, that's sort of what we anticipate doing with them over the course of the year. But as we know, things may come up, one-time projects and whatnot, and we do change requests to that value agreement. So um, in order to price those, sometimes I have a different flavor of the Neinbach model, which I call the Forbach. So uh, you see the change request. It's usually one column. Sometimes with change requests, we might work in a couple options. So it may be appropriate to do a couple options in change requests. But sometimes it might just be, hey, we're talking. We need to do this thing. And so I go through the Forbach exercise. I literally pull out a scrap sheet of paper. Um, after we've had the conversation, sort of a mini value conversation for the change request, and I'm going to come up with a value number, and then I'm going to, from that, lay out my pump fist, my hope for, my walk away. I literally, so if you see scrap papers that are in the trash can in my office and you pull them out, you're going to see V, P, F, H, F, W, A, and you'll see a lot of those in there as I'm just pricing things out uh, after getting off the phone with a, a customer to do a change request to their fixed price agreement. So this Forbach exercise is just a great shorthand um, that I do in order to sort of go through that analysis. But then I also have one more variation, and this is the Forbach reverse, all right? So the, uh, 
the value pricing thing, we are sitting on the selling side, right? But the truth is, as business owners, we're also on the buying side of what we do. And the same pricing model we can use in reverse when you're purchasing something. So for instance, we just went through hiring a new, uh, uh, a new team member onto our team. And in sort of coming and trying to arrive at, well, what is an appropriate value for that person adding, I ran through this exercise. So I've got value still at the top here. What type of value hiring this person we're going to be able to create and collect collaborate together, but then I have my walkaway price, which is the highest amount perhaps I'm willing to pay for it and for it to make economically sense. Then the next dollar level down is the hope for price, and then we've got the pump fist price. You know, So whether it's hiring a team member, whether it's purchasing a new piece of software, the types of buying decisions, the same model works in both directions. Um, and so you have the, uh, the four-bach reverse here um, for your, your pricing pleasure. So those are some variations uh, on the nine-bach. So we just need to find perhaps an obscure Austrian economist from that same time period named Forbach, and perhaps we can make this happen. So, <laughs> so that's one of the two concepts I wanted to share with you this morning. Uh, the second one is uh, a concept I call assisted valuation. So in the process of doing the value conversations that Dan talked about, sometimes I would find some customers um, would be able to slide into the way of thinking that we were sort of moving through. But sometimes they kept hitting a wall. You know, they kept hitting an obstacle. And so what I wanted to do is actually within the value conversation, assist them to value our services. And I call this sort of assisted valuation. Some of this content comes a little bit actually from um, Blair Enns, who Ron made some reference to earlier. Of course, Blair Enns would say some of his content came from Ron Baker um, and, uh, and, and also some Mahan Kalslo, who many of you know the name of. But I ended up using that and laying out this very explicit uh, very you know, easily explained concept right here of four boxes. So in the first box, which I didn't have time to label on putting together those slides, this is where towards the end of the value conversation, I start to synthesize what's come up thus far. So the first sort of column is where I start to lead, uh, list the types of features, things that the customer wants to be able to achieve. You might say features and benefits, you might say results, um, those types of things. That goes into the first column. The second column is where I start to put, I ask the customer the question, well, how do we know if these things have actually been accomplished? What is it we're going to look at to say that this is actually true? Let's start to identify some of those measures. It's a very Mahan Kossel right there. And then in the upper right box, I say, okay, if we can guarantee these things happen, what is the impact to you and to your business in economic terms? And if you have a business owner who's a little bit more savvy, they'll say, well, you know, and I've had that happen earlier this year. I know if we did this, I, next year I could easily do another fifty dollars to $75,000 worth of business, or I could easily do another dollars to $150,000 worth of business. And I say, okay. But then I also have some customers who say, well, uh, I really don't know. I don't really have an idea. It could be this. It could be that. I don't have a future crystal ball. And I say, well, unless you can arrive at a number for that, I can't give you a price because you have nothing to compare the price that we may present to you again. You need to be able to come at a value of accomplishing these things before we can get to the price number. And so they'll hem and haw back and forth a little bit more. 
Some of them get an answer at that point. Some of them still come back with the, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, okay. Basically, we're not going any further in this conversation until we can get a number out. Because it's not worth us going to the next stage until you can actually put a value on what this change is going to mean for you, too. So finally, they'll give me a number. I'll, and sometimes I'll start tossing the number out to them. You know, is it this amount? Is it that amount? And I'll do like a logarithmic scale. You know, 10, 50, 100, 200,000. And usually that can maybe help them settle into, well, it's going to be no more than this, and it'll be at least that. So now we've got a little bit of an idea to work with. I say, well, hey, that makes um, great sense. I'm glad we were able to do that. That bottom right-hand box is where I say, hey, um, I am estimating if we are able to guarantee all the results that you see, if we were able to 100% guarantee them, at the, we're probably talking at least this much. Uh, in, in price, in terms of our highest option value. And at the other end, we're probably talking about at least this much. Is it worth it for me to go to the next stage and put together option packs for you? And they'll either say, yes, it is, absolutely, or they'll say, no, probably not. And I've just saved myself the effort of putting together a bunch of value packs. So at the beginning, I wouldn't give a price, which I think was a really good practice, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, because I wanted to run myself through the exercise of drawing up a lot of option packages and getting good at that. But I've gotten to the point where I'm better at the pricing, more comfortable with the pricing, so that um, I usually know after we've had this conversation at least what we're looking at. Um, so don't undercut yourself. I would probably recommend in the early days maybe not to do this last box. Wait till you go back to your computer. But as you get more comfortable, in that moment, you can maybe save yourself putting together a option pack when they aren't ready for it yet. So. Those are uh, two concepts I wanted to, to share with you, just some of the practical things that, as we've evolved our value pricing. Variations in the nine box and assisted valuation, helping our customers to value what we do as well. <laughs>